everybody, it's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ronma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey, everyone, welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 363. We are that podcast that talks about anime, games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm DJ Ronma S. I'm Ari Rockefeller. And I am Mako-chan. And I am hoping that that little heat wave we had stays away, because I'm liking how the weather is right about now. I could use this for all of July. I, I mm-hmm. if, that mm. mean, if that means I don't have to break out the air conditioner, I'm good. Christ. Or it just means you don't have to use it very often. Ari, let me tell you. As soon as that air conditioner comes out, I get pinged an extra 70 bucks. Just for having it in the window? Yup. Damn. Even though it's not on, they'll assume that it is. Because, you know, I will end up using it anyway. So. Mm-hmm. I tell you this, if I had a smaller refrigerator, I would get a better crosswind in here. But given all the food that's in my fridge right now, that's not really happening. But it, <laughs> but it would be nice. Which reminds... what. Well, I'll, I'll get into that later. So, uh, anywho, we are live tonight, week of June 26, 2018, here on the Vogue Network. We're here live Tuesdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, with replays Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. Check out our interactive chat room at live.vognetwork.com. Chat clients such as Merck, Etchchat, Chatzilla can use irc.gamesurge.net. Chat room is Vogue, V-O-G. You can also head on over to AnimeJamSession.com slash network. And if you have uh, Chatzilla, you click on the link and it'll bring you into the chat. If you get a pop-up saying allow, do so. You can also head on over to WebChat.GameSurge.net as well. You can also, right off of the Vogue Network site, there is an alternate link right below if the pop-up chat doesn't work. And we're also on Discord, so swing by and visit us at vognetwork.com slash Discord. We're in there all the time. We're chilling out, having a good time, and each of the live, each of the uh, Vogue shows have a chat room, so swing by and say hi. I just popped into ours, and I still can't believe they made it into a fucking pop. I, I, I still can't. Hmm? Yamcha. Ah, uh, yeah. Dead yeah. Yamcha. I kind of want it. I hope inside is a fold-out piece of cardboard for the crater. I think he is sitting on the crater in the box. I hope so. Because uh. I'm looking at my uh, May pop, and um, she does sit on, like, a little thing there. So, theoretically, you know, it should it should work, something like that. I mean... How can you not have it? It's just not dead Yamcha without it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's see what else is on the agenda tonight. Um, Yeah, and check-ins are live, so go ahead and earn your VOG points. If you're listening on our podcast feed, um, there will be a pat check-in phrase, passphrase, somewhere in the episode when you hear it. Head on over to VOGnetwork.com and put in that phrase and earn some VOG points. Uh, that basically is it, and we, and if I'm looking at the calendar correctly, we will be here next Tuesday with our 4th of July Broke-tacular. Yeah. Oh, boy. Hey. Drink them up. That's all I gotta say. Yep. Uh Mm Mm-hmm. 
So we're going to go around the room with how was your week? How was your day? Kicking it off is Ari. Uh, oh boy. Well, uh, today was payday, except that literally every dollar of my check went to paying the rent. I know that feeling. No, I mean, I woke up, you know, checked my bank balance on my phone. I'm like, oh shit, this is like barely enough, like literally by like one or two dollars. Mm. I'm like, all right, let me go pay this. Just gotta wait for the check to clear, and I'll be like, it'll be like I never even got paid at all. So, there was that today. Um, and other than that, it's just been mostly work stuff. And I, I know I want to go to Mako's, you know, party next weekend, but I gotta figure out how I'm gonna get money together to make something for it, you know? Well, you'll figure it out one way or another. Don't worry about it, though. Mm hmm. Also, I went to Rita's and had a, because they had, oh, wow, like, dragon fruit, like, dragon fruit uh, water ice. Like, it's sugar-free. Huh? Nah, no big deal. It was a big deal. You know, we just got a Rita's here uh, out in Brooklyn, like, two, three years ago. You've been there? Yeah. It, it, it has odd um, opening hours, but, you know, operating hours, but it is what it is. I think 12 to 10 is a standard for all of them. But what, I said, what I said made it a big deal was I forgot that sugar-free stuff has sugar alcohol in it. Mm. And my body has been paying for it ever since. It happened, so... I think my toilet's getting mad at me. Mm. So yeah, that's all things been happening for me. Mako-chan, how was your week? How was your day? Um, decent. I finally saw Avengers. I thought you were going to go see Incredibles 2. I don't have anybody to see it with. So I have to wait until, you know, I feel up to going by myself. Uh. Hmm. So, yeah. But I finally saw Avengers. And... I knew everything that was going to go on anyway because I spoiled myself. And yeah, now I'm just, you know, getting ready for this weekend because I have to clean for next weekend. Mm. And more and more people are not coming next weekend, so. It's going to be a lot of food. Oh, yeah. Not a lot of people. A lot of burgers. Yeah, I saw that big box of burgers you have. Five bucks. Mm. Can't beat that. <laughs> exactly. They're in the back of my freezer right now. Well, my weekend day has been interesting. You know, I actually stayed home last weekend, worked on more photos, kind of had more like a me time, which is something I really need to do a lot more of. Just get up Saturday morning, have breakfast, watch a little bit of, t watch a couple of hours of TV. And just hop working on photos. I'm finally caught up with Into the Badlands. And oh my god, I cannot wait till season four. Um, let's see what else is new. I finally replaced one of my, my uh, wristband from my Fitbit. And I finally found a wristband that actually works. I'm talking the type of wristband when you put it on. You 
don't realize um, that you're wearing it. And so you're like, oh, you feel like a little bit of a weight on your sh- on your wrist, you know. That's a good wristband to me, so I'm happy about that. Um, can't think of anything else. Um, just doing what I got to do, working on photos and so forth. And I just realized as I'm sitting here with my cup of tea, that over by my bed where the nightstand is, is my uh, unfinished bottle of Coca-Cola, which I could have sworn I had finished earlier while watching uh, Double Dare, which I did catch the first two episodes from yesterday. It was good. I liked the reboot. It just felt too slow. It's like after when after like three to five questions, each round is over and that's it. It just needs to be a little bit more faster, you know? Mm-hmm. But other than that, I'll be watching to see how it plays out, so... Yeah. Uh, we got a lot in store for tonight, and... And as promised, I will talk about Borocon 2018, and I will be more or less be treading lightly. And I'll explain when I talk about it. So, that would basically be it. So, we're going to go ahead, take our first break, and when we get back, I'll tell you about um, Borocon and some other mildly disturbing things that's been on the interwebs lately. Oh, boy. Uh. Oh boy is right, so yeah. We'll be back.
So, alright, let's get down to business, and it's not to defeat the Huns. It's for something a little bit different as such. So, normally I would get into my review of uh, Burrowcom, but something I want to cover real quick, because this is something that does affect us one way or another. Um, this article popped up on my feed earlier today, and I uh, shared it on my personal Facebook. Um, I will go ahead and share... The link, not from the blog, but the original uh, article. It seems that a 15-year-old boy committed suicide after playing Doki Doki Literature Club. Now, when I first heard about this game, and I'm hearing people freaking out, I'm like, this game cannot be that serious. I'm three hours in, and I haven't gotten to that. But, there is a disclaimer when you go to Steam's page to download the game. There is a disclaimer when you start the game. There are tons of warnings from about the game and what the road you're going to go down. And because a 15-year-old kid committed suicide while playing when playing after playing Doki Doki Literature Club, um, what do you think happened? Games are evil. Ding 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 ding. Here's a peanut. I'll say this once, and I'll say it again. Games are not inherently evil. They really are. These games, they're games that cover all genres and spectrums and so forth, and it's a fantasy setting, no matter how real it is. If you're finding yourself, this is a little bit too real, maybe you need to stop playing the game, speak to somebody, and so forth. I think that the kid was already had some issues when he was playing this game, so... It, to me, it kind of felt like he blended the lines of reality. So Maybe the game just exasperated him. Say what? The game just exasperated his issues. Probably so, because there, I mean, there are there are things of murder, death, suicide in the freaking game. I mean, if you don't want to play the game, you can go on YouTube and find, like, not really speed runs, but playthroughs of the game. It's a visual novel. You really can't speed through it. So, it, it, it's a little deep, you know, so, you know, there's no reason to blame the game. I, I, I don't really want to place any blame on this in general, but I, I, I'll say this. I mean, if you're playing a game and you're finding it a little bit too close to comfort, a little bit too much for you, take a step back and play something else. Focus your mind somewhere else. It's not that serious. So the thing is the game is also not for mm-hmm. you know teens. Exactly. It's it's a you know it's a mature rated game. Mm-hmm. That means that you know and the thing is while some teenagers are able to handle mm-hmm. mature concepts, mach- mature topics, some of them aren't Exactly. And, you know, it's, well, we don't want to, you know, police the kids and force them to, you know, fit into a mold. Sometimes the you parent, have to. The, the parents also need to, you know, be on board and figure out, you know, what your kids are doing. And no, okay, my child can't, you know, deal with this. They're 15 year old, 15 years old. Yes, they have, you know... You know, they're quote-unquote mature. 
Well, maybe not to the level you need to play a game that's going to focus on murder and suicide. Mm-hmm. But they'll just go ahead and blame the game. You know, okay, he shouldn't have been playing it. Exactly. End of story. He was not old enough to even be playing that game. So like all the others, some person just said, oh, Doki Doki, that sounds cute Mm -hmm. here. I thought it was a cute game too, so people were like, it's not. Yeah, I haven't played it, so I can't really, you know, say anything about the game one way or another like is it like like how bad would you say it is um i haven't gotten that far but if you really want to know just go on youtube and look up doki doki literature club walkthroughs there are video walkthroughs of the game it's it's labeled as a psychological horror game Mm -hmm. so it's not gonna be something that's cute and sweet you know this is Japan, and Japan does psychological horror like holy shit. Mm Mm-hmm. Anywho. Alright, so let's talk Borokan. Yeah. Alright, again, like I said, I will be treading lightly about this. Uh, And I'll explain at the end of my uh, review. And I will cover something that has been discussed i believe um mako mentioned it briefly on last week's show and i will cover that because what she mentioned that what she saw is pretty much is it's on point so all right so we talked about how last year things were a little bit too far spread out they over promised and under delivered long and short of it this Which year, is what they did last year. Yeah. This year, they really... I won't say they over-promised and undelivered. It was just misshelving and stuff. <sighs> Granted, one of the guests canceled because he was filming for It Part 2. Um, I can't... Uh, Isaiah Mustafa. So That was probably one of the reasons why the numbers might have dropped because they, they found that he wasn't coming and people were like, I didn't want to go. But no, the numbers were small because mm. there were just so many damn conventions that weekend. Well, yeah, that and the fact that um, you had, yeah, you had Eternal Con an hour away in Long Island and you had the Mermaid Festival Parade in Coney Island. So that was also it. Now, the con moved from St. John's University to the Brooklyn Expo Center, which is nice. It's a little bit easier to get there, but it's a bit of it's a bit of a schlep in this case instead of having to take a bus i mean a train to the bus and walking a bit of ways you could just take the the g train right over there and walk two blocks it's right there and the fact that the expo center the first floor is is a glass enclosure and by in glass enclosure i mean glass walls you can see the people inside so you know exactly where you are so i went over there friday afternoon and it and i'm like i'm not going to cost and it was just like a giant bazaar. Now, when you walk in, the first uh, let's see, the first th- they had the art, they had the, um, dealers room and artist alley put together because it's one giant location. Uh, artist alley ran 
horizontal and vertical around the outer or against the wall on the inside was dealer's room and that was running um horizontal that was nice one of the plus sides i saw was the fact that um wild bill soda was there and i ended up shitting out 20 bucks on a on a can i mean on a, on a on a container because i forgot to bring mine from home even though i took it out that saturday freaking morning still forgot it so there weren't a lot of cosplayers there friday so it wasn't it really wasn't so bad and i saw the guests uh mikomi chan jazz riddle and there was another cosplay guest i cannot remember her name to save my own life but i and i totally apologize for that thankfully one of my friends was there running a table so i was able to chill and relax with her you know charge my devices and so forth now in the back area of the convention center in this case expo center were three like i believe four tables set up for autographs and a section for photography now you have to understand when you look when you walk into the expo center it's just one giant area where where all the where the bazaar is that's what i'm gonna call it now i'm calling it a bazaar outside was a tented area where they were going to put artist alley now follow my logic here an outside tented area with air conditioning mm. that didn't happen but instead there was a there was a truck sitting out there um i believe selling sweets and snacks and coffee and stuff you went down one area and there was a gaming gaming area which was pretty nice because there was some old school console set up like nintendo sega genesis a super I will say the con funk there wasn't bad because there wasn't a lot of people in there. But they were having a $500 pot for the Dragon Ball Z Fighters tournament. So When you walk down the other direction past the uh, bathroom, there are, there are rooms. These, and we've seen it. You've gone into hotels and certain like conference rooms and stuff where it's like one giant room. And then you have the foldable walls. To break them up into smaller rooms. Now, in this one area where where the where the where the um, panel rooms were, there were four rooms divided into two. So for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you had two rooms running full of events. For major events such as the cosplay, they converted it to one whole room. Now, around 7 p.m was opening ceremonies, which was kind of nice. I believe I recorded it. It was good. It was all right. It was very simple, straight to the point, reminding people about the convention, you know, what they were offering and so forth. Okay, fine. I can get with that. So, I like the fact that it was done by 8 o'clock, which means I could be home by 9, relax, make sure all my devices are, that need to be charged are charged, and I can go about my way. So, I'm like, you know what? There will be a lot of people here on Saturday. I did run into some people I saw on Friday, but they weren't coming back because they were going to Eternal Con, which I understand, you know. It's kind of hard when there are two conventions the same weekend, you gotta alternate between which one is which, and it kind of, and as for me, it just boils down to money and transportation. If I have press for both, and I don't realize it's the same weekend, I'm most likely am going to go to the one I've never been to before, or the one that's cheaper for me, depending on how my financials run. So, I get there Saturday. I'd say there was the same amount of people there on Friday plus 10. 
So for the most part, I found myself sitting down at my friend's booth, you know, just talking with her and just getting as many pictures as I can. I should have taken this time to, you know, when I was taking pictures of cosplayers to like, you know, do mini photo shoots and so forth. But I didn't think about that till after the fact. Oh, well. But I will say that the, the cosplay contest this year was a lot better and a lot more organized than last year. It was, there were no skits, it was just a basically like a catwalk style. You come up, you show off your cosplay, and that's it. And you walk off stage. I thought that was cool, it was nice, and it was straight to the point. Yeah, well, you can't exactly, you know, screw up any more than last year. Well, true. That and the stage was about the size of the Clovercon stage. Mm. Which will explain why it's the runway style, you know, walk-ons. And I isn't, think, isn't that what Clovercon did? Yeah, and I think the stage was a lot was smaller. And I noticed a lot of the cosplayers came up on stage and then left. It's, I think either they no one told them to stop, let people take pictures and walk off, or they were just too nervous. Either or. It happens. To be honest... Sunday was no different from Friday to me. You did have like that one booth selling um, metal prints. Now, the funny thing is, I did not realize that they were bootleg until I was talking to uh, D-Styles, who came with me to cover for Saturday. And I had pointed out that, you know, no, he had pointed out to me the Sailor Moon printings. I was like, but they're $35. I, I can't afford that. I mean, I'm not a big fan of that. I would have paid 10 or 15 but 35 No way. And I said, I like the Sailor Venus one, but the art style on it is it's slightly off, so it's not what I like. And if you know me by now, I'm very picky about my fan art that I purchase. Now, right next to it was Sailor Moon. And I said, that one I like. If that was done like, in the, like Venus, I would buy it. But then I looked and I realized... Both of those have two different art styles and two different signatures. And that's when I realized they're all friggin' bootleg. Now, I reported it to, to her head of the, ven of the vendor's hall. And she said to me that they got they have permission and she saw that she saw that they have permission to sell those. And I wasn't the first one to report it. But if you remember uh, last week's show, we talked about the issue at Faname. Just... The, Put things perfectly clear in perspective from my understanding it was the same people running both booths but as you can tell it's so far apart so they're able to travel to both conventions same same stuff that they were selling different conventions so i will say this much about BurrowCon. it's good for friends i mean there's a park right outside there's Food place is not even a block away, and, and it's, it's like a chill hangout type of atmosphere. Now, I'm not really going to go into details about, you know, things they could do to fix it better, because uh, one of the convention guests, uh, Jez Roth, is actually working with BurrowCon for next year, and he actually enjoyed it. And I will say, I did enjoy it for the most part, because it's a smaller convention. Now... That's something we talk about on our show is that when we do a con, their year one and their year two, we always say we always say that they should be able to get the issues put together by year three. So 
by the time year three and year four rolls around, there really is no excuse for them to make the same simple mistakes. So, the fact that they overpromised and underdelivered to a certain extent here was not in their best interest. It just seems like there was so many people doing running different things. Now, I have friends who sell in Artist Alley. And there is a site on Facebook called Artist Alley Network International. If you're looking to... Who was that? Me, sorry. You good. What so happened? I heard her phone go off. <laughs> now, Artist Alley Network International is a good place to go for information about if you're selling an Artist Alley to get information on like different conventions and so forth and people's reviews and thoughts. Now this one person is says that they're not coming back because they didn't make any money. Now my friend who whose booth I was chilling at, she made her money, she made a profit. Overall, on average it seems like between her and Wild Bill Soda, everybody basically took a loss. Now I mentioned earlier about Artist Alley and and a tent. Now, outside of the, of the Expo Center, they made a giant tent, and that and it was going to have air conditioned, and that's where Artist Alley was going to be, you know. But unfortunately, because of issues with the people constructing that up, that didn't happen. So they allow, so they changed things around to let the deal, the Artist Alley people be inside the Expo Center, which I think it should have been in the first place. For the most part, people were using the tented area to eat or do photos and so forth. And as this person said, you know, you would, she, she says the day you expect to be the biggest day for a con, which is Saturday, which is incorrect in this case. It was basically dead. It's like I said, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday kind of ran across with each other. Well, that's, that's what she's saying, yeah. that you would expect Saturday mm -hmm. to be you know, a heavy day because it's a Saturday and they did not do well at all. Mm -hmm. I don't suppose you have any attendance numbers, do you? Like official attendance no. numbers? The C from, now, the CEO of the convention. Now, I was like, wait, hold up. He's introducing himself as the CEO of the con. I ain't never heard of that shit before. The CEO said 2,000 attendees. The vendor here says about 200. I would say about 350 tops. Now, y'all know me. When it comes to conventions, I, I get up early. I want to be down there and get the good photos. Even if I have to take mass transit there, I want to be there within like the first hour of the doors being open. Saturday and Sunday, I did not get there till about closer to 1130 because I wasn't rushing. Now, if I'm not rushing to get there, then you kind of know what, what I'm about to get myself into or what you're about to get yourself into. Also, they used last year's badges. That's pretty damn funny since mm. they ran out of badges and I couldn't get one. I have an extra one you can have. I don't want a badge. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's the same badge. I'm just saying, if they're using last year's badges and they ran out, that means they just reprinted them for this year. No, they didn't. They didn't reprint them. In other words, they had the same stock carried over from the first year? Yes, they just, the they just blacked out 2017 and put labels over the front where it said 2017 and put labels that said Brooklyn Expo Center on it. Because wow. I, picked, I picked it up 
and said and looked at I was like, I wonder what time the convention closes. I look on the back, I see S U House. I'm like, wait, these are last year's badges. Oh my god. And the funny thing is there are people that I talked to that said they actually wanted a badge to say they got here, that they were here. They got wristbands instead. And they were promised that they would have they would have badges available for next year. Now, mind you, I believe for last year I didn't. My badge didn't say press or media. I believe it said panelist or something like that. This year, my badge said three day, three day on it. Okay then. <laughs> yeah. I. You know what? Because of my friend Jazz, who was putting some stock and faith into the convention, I will give it another chance. Now. Is well, that, I, I think yeah. somebody that is running the convention or helping at least to run the convention that actually knows what people want at mm-hmm. the convention instead of a businessman that's looking to get money off of the convention, mm-hmm. I think that's going to help. Yes. And somewhere around here is my BorrowCon um, guidebook. Now... This guidebook was at least 30 pages. 30 pages, Ariel, size 12, double space font. Is he trying to cheat a a term paper to its page minimum? What the hell? I don't know, but all that could have been fit in 10 pages in normal font size. And you have to remember, there are two panel rooms with panels. There was one panel that they had you would have appreciated. The NXT Chicago Takeover pre-pre-show. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's a, I would have loved that one. I did go to the women in fa- I believe women in industry panel, and that was a really a great panel. I liked that. That I did record. And there was also a panel on Saturday, which I, I missed the first minute of it. I apologize. Called, um, so you want to be a professional cosplayer? And I will oh. say, no, 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 no. This isn't one of those stories where a famous cosplayer walks in and says, and it's like Edna Mode from Incredibles going, yes, darling, you can have all of this by doing this and doing that. You can have it all. It wasn't that type of a panel. This was Jez Roth, Mikomi, I believe it's Unicorn Cosplay or Unicorn Rack. I'm sorry, I keep forgetting her name. I apologize. And Riddle. They all walk in and be like, yo. Let me tell you some real shit. It was like that. They will tell you how much you will blood, sweat, and tears you'll invest into becoming a professional cosplayer. The return on investment, what you have to do, and so forth to get this done. And I'm talking to, and they're talking about how you know when you compete, how people will talk about you and this and all this other crazy shit. Now. I even, after this, I spoke with Jez and I told him this was a great panel that more cosplayers who want to go this route need to do this. They need to see this. And I even told him about how the girl from Jersey got a degree in cosplay and he was like, what? I didn't even know that was a thing. Well, here's the thing. Some schools will allow you to create your own degree with the proper classes. The only thing she didn't have in there is business classes, how to market herself. Hmm. You might see her at the horror convention. If we pay attention to it. Maybe. Anywho. 
for next year, put it in a hotel. There is a Marriott or Sheraton downtown Brooklyn where BronyCon was one year. Not BronyCon. New York PonyCon was held. Y'all need to go there. There are tons of subway subway stations there, tons of food places, and it's easy to get into Manhattan back and forth. It's perfect. Number two, you need to have a more variety of convent uh, of panels. BoroughCon prides itself in being by the fans for the fans. Well, there needs to be more fan panels on anime, comics, fandoms television shows and so forth there needs to be a little bit more on that and have that's what that's what it needs it needs to be more well-rounded like that and i believe if they do that it'll be great and and i honestly wouldn't worry about having like a having hotel rooms because the majority of the people that are coming to this convention are from the five boroughs so and if people do come in out of town they'll probably come in on a saturday and stay overnight anyway I would honestly say I would give this convention um, five and five point five out of ten. A lot of room for improvement, but you're oh, confident they'll get their shit together. Yeah, because of the person that because of the person who is investing time into it, and like I said, Jez will not normally invest in into something like this unless he knows it's going to be good. And he had fun. He enjoyed it. He saw what can be done. So he's going to st- he's going to help it out. And I'm looking forward to seeing the fruits of his labor on that. And hopefully, this convention will be on a better weekend. I'm like, because honestly, outside of Kineticon, really in this area, there are there really isn't a convention to really go to. You'd think that New York City wouldn't have a problem with you know quote-unquote, its own anime convention. But the problem is, is the price. It's expensive. How Liberty City is pulling it off in August, I don't know. They're at the Marriott Marquis, where Anime Expo NY and Bath 03 was. Christ on a stick, people. Anywho, that's my thoughts and reviews of BoroughCon. I will be writing more of this up, and it will be up on our site at Anime Jam Session soon, so... It'll get there, eventually. Hopefully. Anywho, now that we got that out the way... Marco, what is going on with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? So, yeah, um... They announced on Thursday that, uh... JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Golden Wind or Vento Aura uh, will be received uh, will receive a television anime adaptation that will premiere in October. Uh, The first episode will screen uh, in at the Anieri Hall in Tokyo and Japan Expo in Paris, France Mm. at the same time on July 5th. And will later screen at Anime Expo on July 7th. Uh, yeah, so... Um, which which one is this? Is this part five? Yes, this is part five. 
Okay, so it's the one with the flamboyant white passing Japanese kid who joins the Italian fashion mafia in order to overthrow their flamboyant boss to prove the drugs are bad, okay? Giorno Giovanna, yep. Okay, I got that one right. Not yep. as funny as the, not as good as the uh, summary for number four where uh, you have to, have to defeat hand fetish a six serial killer David Bowie by king shaming him to death. And to be perfectly honest, I really didn't see much in a way of kink shaming, so I was kind of annoyed that, <laughs> that they threw that in there. I'm like, please don't do that. Yeah, well, well I don't JoJo, so, so this is all going over my head. Now, the sentence preceding that was hand fetishistic serial killer David Bowie. Come on now. True. I do wonder, though, what will be the end theme for part five? Oh, God. Like, before you before you answer, Vento Ariel takes place in two thousand one. If it's fucking Limp Biscuit, Lincoln Park, <laughs> or any other fucking new metal like that, I'm going to punch somebody. <laughs> Can you see them all running by to roll and roll and roll and? Oh god! Wait, wait, wait! Uh, the only exception I will uh, I'll make is for the corn song "Got the Life." That's it. Okay, alright. Because I actually googled 2001 music hits, and I'm just I'm looking, sorry. and I'm just like, no. No. Like, like what's on that list? Clint like, Eastwood. By, Clint Eastwood by Gorillaz. Okay, that's not bad. I could get with that. Uh, Independent Women by Survivor. Hmm. Uh, let's see. When it's over by Sugar Ray. That should be the end theme to part five. Oh, God, that is way too apropos. I <laughs> fucking hate you for it. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to share that on my, on my Facebook probably tonight or tomorrow. End theme, when it's over by Sugar fucking Ray. <laughs> That'd be like you catching my home run at the fence, and I'm like tipping my hat with one hand and flipping you off with the other. <laughs> Well, it could be that or I'm a Slave for You by Britney Spears. Is there any kind of enslavement undertones in Golden Wind? I have not read Part 5, but I wouldn't put it past it. Huh. Well, then. You can always put It Wasn't Me by Shaggy. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Hanging by a moment by Lifehouse. To register participation for this week's episode of Anime Jam Session on VogNetwork.com, use the passphrase ankle. No, that wouldn't fit the mood like at all. Given all the shit that probably goes on in JoJo, especially part five... Get your freak on by Missy Elliott. Okay, maybe that one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking at this list of hits. I'm like, at least a good third of these songs would be a perfect end theme to part five. I mean, 
fuck it. I I'd watch if they had Izzo by Jay Z. I I'd watch. Okay. Actually, I'm gonna watch. I definitely watch. The ending theme would be bleep to hell and back, but okay. Well, the edited version works just as well, you know. I guess. All right, I, I think I think we're done posing because Makotron's getting a little impatient. Well, I just have no idea what the fuck you guys are talking about, so. I think I pulled a hammy doing that last JoJo pose, so let's move on. You seriously didn't know, or are you just being facetious? Being a, I was making a joke. No, I meant Mako. I don't watch JoJo, oh. so I have no idea what the fuck you guys are talking about. All right, long story short, at the end of each part of the series, more or less, the end theme is a song from that era, like 80s, 90s, and so forth. Which is why uh, the ending of part four was um, Savage Garden, and part three was um, Walk Like an Egyptian, for obvious reasons, you know. My God, what if it's Sandstorm? Anyway. That will, I think that's enough to make people just walk out. Yeah. All right. Pokemon fans hate that song anyway. They have a bad reaction to it. Mm-hmm. Let's let, let's not. Anyway, yes. So it looks like Anime Expo is getting a couple of uh, various U.S. premieres for different movies and such. The first is going to be the premiere of P.A. Works and Mari Oka's uh, Okta. Uh, what is that? Maki? Awesome. Makia? Let me look at it. Let me grab it real quick. Uh, Mari Okada. Uh, Makia, When the Promised Flower Blooms. Yeah. So it's an original anime film that will be screening on Friday, July 6th. Eleven Arts will screen the film in theaters in the U.S. and Canada beginning on July 20th. And the film will premiere in Canada as an official competitor at the fan... <clears throat> what is that? Fan- Fantasia? Mm, I'm looking... Fantasia? Fantasia? Hold on. I- I'm going to say it's Fantasia. Yeah, right. that's how it's spelled. Fantasia Film Festival. Yeah, so that's yeah. going to be taking place in Montreal from July 12th through August 1st. So, yeah. And then it goes into the character designs, and quite frankly, none of you actually give a shit about that. So, <laughs> <laughs> it did premiere in Japan on February 24th and sold 32,000 tickets in 76 theaters. And earned about uh, $450,000 and ranked number five in its opening weekend. Not bad. So, yeah, that's that's not bad for a Japanese animated film. Mm-hmm. The next that will be uh, screened, and again screened on Friday, July 6th, is going to be Liz and the Bluebird. It's, I'm guessing, a more musical central uh, centered film and has a composer <clears throat> Kensuke Yoshio, who's done devil man cry baby, uh, both seasons of space dandy and a silent voice. Mm. 
and he's going to be attending the convention. This opened in Japan on April 21st and ranked number 11, earning uh, $492,000 in its opening weekend. Not bad. So if you are going down uh, to Anime Expo, hit up a couple of the premiere movies and premiere anime that will be at the convention for your enjoyment. Man, AX is getting a lot of these premieres. At least we're able to see some of them. Being so... AX has been getting a lot of the premieres. And I think that's because it's so industry heavy. Yup. When you're an industry... I, I, I know a lot of the anime conventions, the big anime conventions, get one or two things. But I think it's just because it's so industry heavy that they're able to get all of these world premieres or U.S. Mm-hmm. premieres. Yeah, it's because of all of, you know, all, 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 you know, it's, it's a trade show. Shouldn't be surprised. True, true. It's a trade show that just happens to have people cosplaying it around there. As a bonus. Hmm. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. I will say I wouldn't mind going for one year just to go to the concerts because they usually get pretty damn kick-ass concerts. They got friggin' Aquars this year again. What the fuck? Like, that would probably be the only thing I'd want to go for would be for the concerts and the movie premieres. Do I want to spend money on a ticket to go and then have to spend extra money on the concert? Not really. I really don't blame you. Anyways. Ari, what's up with Dragon Ball Z? Oh, some good stuff. Uh, Toei and Fathom Events announced that they will screen remastered versions of three Dragon Ball Z films this fall. And all scenes will... All screenings will have an English dub, and the tickets go on sale June 27th. Cool. Uh, on September 15th and 17th, we get Dragon Ball Z Brawly the Legendary Super Saiyan, which originally opened in 1993. Uh, Bardock the Father of Goku and Fusion Reborn will screen as a double feature on November 3rd and November 5th. Uh, Bardock the Father of Goku debuted in 1990. It was a TV special, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, Fusion Reborn opened in 1995. And those attending the viewings, the screeners will, quote, view exclusive content and receive an exclusive trading card while supplies last. The, up- the upcoming 20th Dragon Ball film will open in Japan on December 14th, and the film staff is aiming for a global release on the same day. Okay. Hmm. Not sure how I feel about the... Uh, the, the uh, Brawly movie overall, because uh, Brawly likes to come up in uh, all the DBZ who would win in a fight, you know, mm-hmm. pissing contests, despite being a movie character's canonicity is questionable at best. Yeah, I, I know mean... He, I know he's in the uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z as, like, a Juggernaut-style character, but, uh, but also that's the... just... That's just, like, not helping anything. But then again, so yeah, is Bardock, so. Yeah, I was saying, you gotta remember, the movies are not canon, so, you know. Yeah, like, they're serials or exist in their own little world or whatever. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, if you don't watch the TV series, you can figure out what the fuck happens by watching all the movies, you know? Mm-hmm. 
But you know how to Still, I did like go. the Father of Goku special. That was good. Though the, uh, the, the second Brawly special where he uh, gets blasted back in time and goes Super Saiyan, that's a little uh, iffier. Hmm. Speaking of old school anime, we're going to talk about Neon Genesis Evangelion. Oh boy. And I'm hoping Winamp didn't crash on me this time. I'll just let it do its thing. So it seems that the opening theme, Zankoku na Tenshino Thesis, or Cruel Angel's Thesis, for opening to the show, Neon Genesis Evangelion has received an HD music video. King Records started streaming the video last Wednesday to mark the release of the Double A Maxi single, which also came on that day as well. The uh, animator Masayuki, who has served on various staff roles for all of Evangelion, directed the video. Using a 2003 music video as the base, the new music video features re-edited HD footage of the original 1995 series. The new films, which were produced by uh, Studio Kara, produced the video for this. In, in addition to this, the CD single features uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion Death and Rebirth ending song, Tamashino Refrain, better known as Souls Refrain, as well. The release of, the of this feature has a special jacket art illustrated by Masayuki, and it shows Eva Unit 01 with images on the angel on the, ar on the um, armor. To mark the release of this single, Takahashi will have an Evangelion World Tour, which includes performances at events in France, Hong Kong, and various countries and territories. The tour will begin at the Evangelion store Tokyo 01 at the Piparko store Ikibukuro on June 30th, so you have like four days. The event will include a mini-concert performed by Takahashi, a screening of the music video, talk segment, and games. That's pretty cool. Let's just hope and pray that Hideaki Yano can stay far, far away from this. You think the remastered version will make him go nuts again? Given the climate of this world, possibly. I don't know. The uh, Evangelion fandom seems kind of tame compared to what we've seen with other fandoms. Yeah, but here's a more important question. Would you risk it? <laughs> Good question. Uh -huh. Probably not. Alright. Now that we got that out the way, it's time for the fun part of the show. And looking at this week's strange news from Japan. Can I have the last one? Of course you can. I'm kind of sort of judging Mako-chan through Skype right about now. What? I said kind of, sort of. Why? I don't know. I think I just have to. What do I do now? Do you hear the audacity on Little Miss Innocent right there? What? Oh, God. I did nothing. So, that means you'll be doing the first article then, huh? Sure. It's all you. Okie dokie. Okay. So, 
Uh, Japan is known for its crazy little mascots. We've talked about a couple of them on the show before. Uh, one of which is, you know, a bright pink smiling dog turd. Mm. We've talked about the enema. So now we get to bring you a character that debuted in December. Uh, it's Noah Yukigami, who is a cute little cat who enjoys fleshing her panties. What? Why? So, hailing from Hokkaido, the unofficial unofficial mascot Noah seems to have a highly developed fashion sense. Unlike other mascots, she does change her outfits constantly, uh, usually into a cute little either maid getup or a cute little Lolita outfit, except that all of her outfits are just the teeniest, tiniest bit too short. And... If that's not enough, when she's not in a position to flash you, uh, normally she will lift up her skirt for you. Um, again, why? Um, not only does she lift up her skirt, but then she puts her finger to her lips, asking you to please be quiet. Um, I'm flashing in like. Hundreds of people around here. Don't tell anyone. Yeah. Teehee. Um, I will say her outfits are actually really, really cute. But again, they're specifically made so that she can flash her panties at you. I've seen female cosplayers walk around in school uniforms like this. I'm just glad that they were, they were wearing, um, like, gym shorts underneath. I'm just like... I. I understand, but I don't think you should. But it's not. Yeah, cool. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm. I the only thing I can do is say Japan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's really the only thing I can really say is just Japan. Makes me wonder if it's a, if that's a guy running around in that out in that outfit. Oh, Truthful- God, you made it worse. Truthfully, I would not be surprised. Exactly. Just because, again, Japan. Yeah. But, I mean, I just, I find it amusing. Um, sometimes her tail is out on her outfit, and sometimes her outfits don't have a tail, so I don't know if when she lifts her panties, you know, she's showing you her tail. Or her tail. Or her tail, yeah. But there's this one outfit that is kind of adorable, and it has the Powerpuff Girls on it. Um, At least I think it's the Powerpuff Girls. That's what it looks like. It's just, you know, the shirt on her skirt. The skirt is just pink, and then the shirt looks like it's got Powerpuff Girls on it, and then the jacket looks like it might have Powerpuff Girls on it. But, yeah, um, seriously, yeah, pervy. Very. (sighs) Moving right along. Uh Every person has a stash. 
And by stash, I mean a stash of adult material. When there is a tragic event or something like that, like a earthquake or volcanic eruption or robber or something like that, the last thing on your mind is probably you trying to move said stash. So, here's the thing. Back on June 8th, around 8 a.m., Osaka was hit by a strong earthquake. And during this, people had to deal with transport delays, traffic disruptions, and fixing fallen furniture and broken items, repairs, and so forth. Now, for Osaka's otaku geek community, things got a little bit more, how you say, sticky. Ew. (laughs) Really? You went there. Ew. Yes. Yes, I did. Now, when this happened, now, I'm not the type of person to show off, like, the damage. Well, yeah, I am. I've had to deal with (laughs) floods and stuff, and I've shown pictures of the damage to my place, but I've never really shown, like, the damage to my merchandise or my goods or stuff like that. Now, the otaku community in Osaka have been showing up pictures of their books being knocked over, the laptops. Um, one person here has all of these, um, has this headless figurine that fell over, the head popped off. Um, Small parts and accessories. I'm looking in this one here. It looks like little transistors and resistors that fell out of its boxes that has to be reorganized. Oh, that's what those are. That's what it looks like to me. Why did I think those are like doll parts or something like that put on little skewers and this tur- this guy just turned out to be really sick or something? No, no, no. That actually makes me feel a lot better. Yeah, you know, it's I'm electrical actually, equipment. Yeah, it's, these are all, those are all resistors, really. That's what those are. I'm looking at it now. Now, for one, for a few otaku, yeah, upon discovering their hidden stash of hentai strewn all over the place. And as one person on Twitter said, hey, because of the earthquake, the erotic fanzines I stashed away were exposed to my mom. At this particular tweet, struck a chord with otaku around the country, quickly racking up tens and thousands of likes and retweets as other erotic fanzine owing geeks vowed to find more secure hiding locations in light of this embarrassing incident. And as said on Japanese Twitter, Oh my god, this is like my worst nightmare. If this happened at my place, my mom would be so mad. You never know when this might happen, so you should have, so you have to be prepared. Maybe you should do what I do, keep it all in a locked box. Side note, that's exactly what I was thinking. Also, I don't know what this was 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 worse for you or your mom. Ouch. Yes. It is best to not keep them out. Keep them hidden in a drawer or a box or something like that. Because the last thing you want to end up is being killed by a pile of erotic magazines. Except that we have talked about previously. I don't know. Some perverts would like to go out that way. Yeah. Let them have that. Also, this Luddite has not made the switch to, you know, digital or, you know, stuff on the internet. You also have to take into consideration 
some stuff you cannot get digitally. This is also Japan yep. who likes to have their stuff physical copies. You know, yeah. They like to be able to hold their stuff. And if you look carefully, you'll probably find some digital DVDs at, in there too. I can spot a couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, last one's mine? Yep. Okay, then. A shopping mall in y- Yahaba Iwade Prefecture was a venue for the 12th Word 12th Chabudai Gaishi Tournament on June 16th. This is, a, this is a regularly held event in which participants must shout a phrase of anger, frustration, passion, or hope while upending a small table and sending it flying. The way it works is simple. Contestants first take a seat at the small table with an with imitation food, set a topic. An elderly woman in cooking garb is seated next to a contestant, and when she touches her shoulder and gently asks him to stop, that's their cue to flip out both figuratively and literally. Participants can shout out about whatever, whatever their hearts desire, such as men addressing old women with a what's wrong with me, or affirmations that I want a job offer, or I deserve a raise, could be heard. Various items placed on the table, but Replacing the key piece of equipment is a plastic fish, a, a Pacific salary. When a player is only making contact with the table, their goal is to send that fish, and only that fish, as far as possible. And in the end, contestants are judged on both distance of the salary and overall performance. <clears throat> it's a, it's a long-running Japanese contest that's been around for years, and based on the Japanese phrase, Chabudai Geishi, literally upending the table. The phrase has also been used to describe Shigeru Miyamoto's tendency to drastically change projects just before they were completed. In other words, it can also mean to stir shit up, throw a monkey wrench in a certain proceedings, or add a healthy cast to a situation for better or worse. The terms have been used to describe President Trump's behavior at the recent G7 meetings, and Mm -hmm. is used in the name of the women's rights group Chabadai Geishi Jose Action. And this year's winner was Shinya Chiba of the Itawate Big Bulls baseball team who sent his sorry whopping 8.29 meters with about 27 feet and change while shouting, Go Big Bulls. Uh, wow. And uh, if you think you can do better, keep an eye on the information from Yahaba Town for the time and location of the next table flipping contest. And if, if the event continues to grow, you may someday see a dream match between Japan's nose. The two most notorious table flippers, Miyamoto and Yoshiki of X Japan. Ooh. That would be a hell of a contest. Very much so. And from what the uh, videos are showing me, I guess you have to you have to uh, do the whole thing sitting in Seiza position. Mm-hmm. You don't like you don't get to like stand up and fling the table. No, I think that's only in the arcade game. Yeah. Because, you know, if I tried something like that, you know, standing up, I'd fly across the... I might as well be shouting, Shinku Hadouken! As I send the table across the room. Thunk. Smack some... It would smack somebody. It would smack somebody right in their head. 
Boom. It'll be it'll be like right out of an anime. They <laughs> all over looking. Oh, free drink. Grabs drink. Walks away. <laughs> Anywho, we're gonna take our last break and then wrap up the show. How does that sound, y'all? Just Kay. fine by me. All right, so we'll be back.
Oh, we're finished up another episode and we're right under the gun. I like the sound of that. So we're going to keep this train going to the final stop and we're going to keep pushing ahead. So if you like the show, tell a friend. They in turn will tell another friend and so on and so forth. We're independent boys, independent podcasters. We do this for the fun of it. So what we tell you about, about things, what we like and don't like, we're being straight up with you about. So thank you for that. If you have any questions about the show, drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that is podcast at animejamsession.com. We want to know what's up. We're here to believe you. Check out our website at animejamsession.com where we post our anime reviews, convention reviews, links to our cosplay tips and tutorials, our weekly podcasts, photos from our conventions, and videos from our cons as well. So you'll find all that and more over at animejamsession.com. If you want to subscribe to our podcast, you can find it on Stitcher, iTunes, Groove, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and if you want to do it manually, the Vogue Network Forum. That is Anime Jam Session on these sites, so definitely check that out for us. We greatly appreciate that. And some of these sites, you can leave like five-star reviews. If you don't want to leave a five-star, that's fine, but we would like to hear from you, though. If you don't want to drop us an email, leave us a, a review. That'd be cool. Don't forget to follow us on social media. YouTube.com slash Anime Jam Session TV. Twitter.com slash Anime Jam Session. Facebook.com slash Anime Jam Session. Definitely swing by and check those out. We greatly appreciate it. And don't forget to find us back here on Vogue Network Live Tuesdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. The pre-show at 9.15. And Encore Presentations Thursdays at 2 p.m. So we're going around the room. Last words. Mako. I'm tired. Last words, Ari. Uh, between the medicine and the sugar-free water ice, I'm pretty. Sh- I, I'm fairly surprised my bathroom has not put up defenses against me when I try to come in. My last words is I'm probably going to go d- purchase near Automata. I thought it was going to be in stores, but it's a digital download, so I'm going to go pick that up and put that on the list of games I'll eventually complete. So that is it. End of list. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us. We're going to hurry up and get on out of here and flip things back over the way it should be. So, yeah. (sighs) Well, that's it. So, I'm Ranma. I'm Ari. And I'm Makachan. Great fight. Great night. See you next week. Good night, everybody. Night. Say good night, Makachan. Good night, Maka-chan. Well, you're not that tired, so I'll, pre- so I'll take that. podcast has been a production of Anime Jam Session and AJS Productions. No fanboys and fangirls were hurt, maimed, shot, electrocuted, or pistol whipped in this episode. For now. The views, opinions, and thoughts expressioned on this show do not reflect the staff or the network as a whole. But we're still right, damn it. For transcripts of this episode, start typing. Check us out at AnimeJamSession.com and vognetwork.com for more information about us and other programming.
じゃまたね！